Here at Doxaday Bloom, we are excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope that you enjoy today's message. Well, it's so nice spending time with you today and uh, we are so looking forward as we're nearing the end of our series, Full, we, we want to say we don't want to run on empty in our journey with Jesus. We want to live a life full and full of faith. And in week one, we've looked at what faith actually means. And we've said that faith is not just wishful thinking or simply agreeing about a certain set of knowledge. No, faith is an active trust in someone. As the Hebrew writer puts it, it says, he said, it's the substance of the things that we hope for. The, that word that we place in the word, in the person that we get it from. And then also that leads to an evidence of the things unseen. So faith is an active trust. And then over the past three weeks, we've been looking at how we can grow that faith that we have in Jesus. Paul actually says the faith that saves is the faith that puts their trust, their trust in God's word. And today we're going to continue uh, looking at what can grow this active trust that we have in Jesus, this saving faith to live that full life. Now, I don't know about you. Maybe you've met people like this, those people that are really, really disciplined. I mean, they know scripture. They diligently pray. They diligently spend time with Jesus. And uh, they're just so inspiring when you meet someone filled with the love of God that truly shows it in their life. And when you hear their stories, you can hear there is a deeper journey in relationship with these people. And that's today's topic. Today, we're gonna to be talking about that one little word called discipline, spiritual disciplines. It's one of the areas that can personally grow our faith in our relationship with Jesus. Now, <clears throat> maybe just one little word on discipline before I tell you what we're going to be looking at in total. Discipline is kind of like one of those friends that you love going to visit, but you had a long week. And um, just before you get to their house, you think to yourself, oh man, I shouldn't have done this. I really shouldn't have gone to this friend. It's just been such a long week. I'm not looking forward to this moment. And then after you had time, I mean, you were planning on leaving early and the next moment you guys have been having a ball till late night that night because it was just so great. And then afterwards, when you get into your car, you realize, yeah, I really didn't want to, but I'm so glad that I did go to this friend. And that's kind of the picture of discipline. Disciplines are those things that we don't always look forward to, yet when we have done them, we are so excited about it. Like for instance, I never look forward to, to practicing or to go to the gym or to go for a jog or a run outside. Whenever my wife tells me she, she's going to go for a run, I'm thinking to myself, oh, I'll never want to come with. However, when she comes back, I can just see she is so happy that she did that. It's just so exciting. So discipline is kind of like that friend that you don't always look forward to go and visit. Yet when you did, you are so glad that you've enjoyed it. And especially when it comes to the topic of discipline, I believe many times we can get confused in this. So today I want us to journey when we're growing our faith through spiritual discipline to look at three things about spiritual disciplines. The first one is the danger of discipline. The second one is the benefits 
of a spiritual discipline. And then the third one is the drive for a Christ follower, the drive of discipline. Where do we get the fuel to be full of faith and engaging in high quality spiritual disciplines? So firstly, let's look at the first one, the danger of discipline. Now this we find in a story and an encounter with Jesus and some religious leaders. So I'm going to read it to you. It's in John chapter 5, verses 39. And Jesus steps up to a few religious leaders. Now, just some background on the religious leaders. These guys were the elite with spiritual discipline. I mean, they did everything. They followed the letter of the law diligently. I mean, they were so disciplined in every single aspect of what it means to be a Jew what it means to be a religious leader of the day. And Jesus steps up to them and he speaks to them about one of the areas of their disciplines, and that's to meditate on Scripture, to know the Word of God, the Old Testament, which was a huge discipline inside of the Israel Jewish nation. And listen to Jesus' words towards them. John chapter 5, verse 39, he says the following, You guys, you study the Scriptures diligently. Because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Wow. What a word. If you really think about what Jesus is saying in this moment, I mean, it's kind of like you're stepping back and you're like, well, Jesus, doesn't reading Bible make me grow every day? What, what, what's the story here? What are you talking about? What do you mean um, it's kind of like I'm missing the point? That's exactly the danger of discipline. Because you see, even though discipline is a good thing, we can do with discipline what we do with many good things in life. We can elevate the good things to becoming our gods. We can seek life in discipline. And Jesus makes it so clear. He says, you will never, ever, ever find life in discipline. That's the danger of discipline. You know, um, <clears throat> I've met so many people that has experienced this. And I grew up in a world, a very religious world, because I grew up in church. And I so quickly mistaked a relationship with Jesus for a religious discipline about Jesus. And if that is you, I'd love to encourage you to get past this idea of the discipline of reading Bible or diving into this, this discipline and giving me life. I want to encourage you to kind of read the Bible as quickly as you can. Read through it as a story that you get a grip of the person that you're engaging with, Jesus. I want to encourage you to take one of the Gospels and just... Read and get a feel of who Jesus is, that he loves and that he came as the son of God with good news for you and for me. And that good news is that he wants to restore a life-giving relationship and restore us in authority to rule and reign over his creation and to be with him. So that's the danger. The danger is that we can never find life in discipline. However, even though there is a danger to it, it is still good. And uh, here is the benefit of that goodness. There is a benefit in discipline. 
And here it is. I'm going to sum it up in one little sentence and then we're going to look at three specific disciplines that I want us to dive into um, to enjoy the benefit of discipline. And this is it. The benefit of discipline is that we can enjoy life through discipline. We can never find life through discipline, but we can enjoy life through discipline. What do I mean by this? Well, my wife is an amazing musician and uh, one of the instruments that she plays is a violin. And um, I've watched her and seen her for quite, quite a, uh, a few years of my life playing this instrument. And I can tell you something about this journey. When Gerda applies the discipline of practicing violin, she also enjoys the freedom of playing violin. That's the key. You see, she has access to play any instrument, but to truly enjoy that privilege, that freedom, that gift of playing the instrument of, um, or playing a violin, asks for the discipline of practicing to play violin. And that's the same with everything in life. You see, many times we think discipline is restricting us. However, it's freeing us to fully enjoy the good things that we get to enjoy through this relationship that we have with Jesus. So the three areas of disciplines that I think is so beneficial for us and I want us to stop at whenever we talk and whenever people speak about spiritual disciplines, usually these three come up. And I want us to reflect on those three and then we're going to look at where do we get the drive to engage and give ourselves, to discipline ourselves, to make a decision in advance to make this a priority. So the first one is our devotional life, the discipline of spending time in the Word of God, um, giving Him the first minutes of my day. Now, I don't know about you, but maybe you've heard these stories. I've seen and heard them so many times in my life. That story that starts with, for the first time in my life. You know, since I have started this, for the first time in my life, I now finally experience or I've reached a new depth in my relationship with Jesus, which has just been overwhelmingly amazing to me. And one of them is this. This is one of the stories. After I started reading Bible, Lorraine, for the first time in my life, I want to tell you a personal story about my own life. For the first time in my life, after prioritizing my first few minutes of my day with Jesus, everything radically changed. In fact, I think my life started representing the words of the psalmist in Psalm 1 verses 3. It says the following, when it speaks about a man that meditates on the word of God day and night. It says that such a man is like a person, it's a person like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and out and whose leaf does not wither and whatever they do prospers that's the picture the psalmist gives us when it comes to meditating on God's word what other is this than drinking from the fountain of life to be nourished to, to be in a place where you're Thirst gets quenched. I know it's tough. And it was really an interesting journey for me to wake up every morning 
It was that classic example of the friend that I wasn't looking forward to, to going to have a visit with. But when I finished, I was so glad that I did. I never forget the first time I really dived into this, um, this opportunity, this discipline. Um, I was in Bloemfontein, still staying in Palisir, and uh, God just placed it on my heart to not just tithe in my finances, but also tithe in my time. And to put Him first, make Him the first conversation that I have in my day. So I would wake up in the morning, get a nice cup of coffee, and just open up the Bible and start reading, or start listening, which I love doing, listening to the Bible. And just taking in and allowing God's Spirit to work in me to the point where something just jumps out. And I would start speaking to God about whatever the Holy Spirit would highlight in that moment as I'm spending time with Him. You know what happened? The more I started applying this discipline, putting God into a priority space in my life, the more I started seeing the fruit of patience and love in my relationship with my wife and my family. That's the first place where I noted the change happening in my life. And I find it really interesting because it's actually such a basic principle. You know, if I love my wife, I set aside a discipline of a date night, at least once a week, or a space where we can have a coffee and we can have one-on-one -on -one time and just listen to one another's hearts. And it's the same with this relationship that we have with Jesus. It's not a discipline to try and impress God. No, it's a discipline that gives us the opportunity to enjoy God to the full. So that's the first one. The second discipline that I think changes lots of people's lives and has changed mine as well is the discipline of percentage giving. Now this usually, and I don't know why, in my experience has been the place where um, lots of men has changed the most. It's really challenging. I'm not saying it's, it's only men. So definitely there are ladies struggling and journeying and wrestling with this. But especially, I don't know why, for some other reason, this is the one that men really wrestle with. To say, Jesus, I want to put you first in my finances. And the way Jesus calls us to do that is to take a step of faith and put down a percentage and say, Jesus, I'm going to bring my first fruits to you. In fact, he speaks about it like this in Matthew chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. It says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other. And you will devote, be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? This is such a profound piece of scripture and there's so much said in this. In fact, we preached about it in the beginning of the year in our sermon series on uh, money, which centers more around your heart than your money. But what Jesus is saying, just in a short summary, is the fact that we need to put Him first. He is a good master. 
He's one that looks after us. Just look at the birds which he created and he loves. And then he says, are we not much more valuable than the birds? Don't we have more value in God's eyes? You see, guys, that is the key to putting him first in our life. It was during that series, actually, that I had a conversation um, with, uh, with a younger man, and he talked to me about the grip of money in his life. And he said to me, Lorraine, you know what? There has never been a, a time in my life where I have not worried or stressed about money. And as I was listening to him, the words of this scripture came to mind. And I find it so profound because when Jesus speaks about money mastering you or his word mastering you, putting the discipline in place of saying, Jesus, no, you will be the boss of my life and not my money. He says, therefore, do not worry. You see, when you place your hope and your trust in money, worry will definitely be the result of your life. You will be overwhelmed with worries. Yet when you put it in God, there will be a peace that rests within us. There will be an enjoyment of the peace that we have within this relationship that we have with Jesus. It doesn't make sense to think, Lorraine, I'm worrying about my money and you want me to give away money? Well, I don't want you. Jesus calls us. He says, it's not about giving away. It's, no, it's about putting your trust in someone greater than money. Putting it in the hands of a loving father. And I find it interesting that we don't struggle to trust God with things that we cannot control anyway. Have you seen that? When you're in a situation where you have no control over the outcome, that's usually when you start praying the quickest and the earliest. And that's the same actually with money. We need to trust God, even though we can't really control how much we get in and how much we'll have tomorrow. But we know that our Father provides for us in every area of our life. And then the third discipline, and this is probably the one that I've enjoyed most to see in people's lives happening, and that's the one of corporate worship being connected to the body of Christ. To engage and give yourself to this discipline, to on a regular base, on a weekly rhythm, connecting and worshiping with your brothers and your sisters. Paul puts it like this. He says, we are the body of Christ. Each one of us plays a part in this. And this is so true for us. You know, the one big truth about Christianity is that it's not a solo sport, but it's a team sport it's a family on a mission and the two things that I've seen happening when people put this discipline in place in their life when they decide to not be reactive but to be proactive to pre put this prioritize the connection with the body of Jesus Christ in their lives and in their diaries I've seen two things happening I've seen people getting healed you know that's that's so true being when you are connected to a body you get healed. Just last year, I had the privilege of journeying with a young woman that went through a very rough time in her life. She actually came to the end of her rope. She'd like, I don't have any hope for the rest of my life, Lorraine. This is my last opportunity, my last chance. I've heard about Jesus. I've known about Jesus. I've even said I've given my life to Jesus. But the one thing that was missing in her life was godly fellowship, was having people, the church, 
The people around her, the people of God was not around. The body of Christ was not surrounding her life. Guys, and I cannot tell you a year later how that lady has transformed. It has been so remarkable. The other day I was having a conversation with her and she was just beaming with joy. She was so excited and her words was everything. So much has changed since I've joined, since I've started to prioritize my journey with the people of God, worshiping God together with his family. So that's the first thing. I see people getting healed. The second thing that I'm seeing is I see people growing. Just in this past week, I had the unfortunate um, opportunity to speak to someone that, had to lo that, that lost somebody in their life. And as I had this privilege of journeying with this person that went through this unfortunate event, I was overwhelmed by the unshakable faith that this person presented. Her words were, I thank God for the day that I've joined this family. And I believe it was absolutely so true. The growth over three years in this person's life was amazing to see. And in this moment of testing, this storm that hit her life with someone very close and very dear to her passing away, it was just so evident to see this in her life. It inspired me. In fact, as myself and my wife, we were visiting her, and my wife just burst out in tears because she was so overwhelmed by the strength that this person showed in her character. And it's because she was strong in the Lord. She put her trust and her faith and her hope in Him. It is overwhelming. So, the three areas that I believe we can really dive into in terms of discipline, in terms of pre-deciding is to spend time in God's Word, to become um, and practice the discipline of being a percentage giver, taking that step of faith, putting Him first on my finances, and then thirdly, to stay connected to the body of Christ. However, when I say this, Probably you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, Lorraine, yes, I'm so excited I'm going to do this. And this is not the first time that I'm saying this because I've, I've many times said it before and, and I know where it ends because it's not going to last. It's not going to get there. I'm struggling with it. And, and you would be making the mistake of relying on willpower to put a discipline in place. However, the Bible tells us of a different source that drives our disciplines when we are in a relationship with Jesus. It's not a religious discipline, no. No, it's a relational discipline. It comes from this. Jesus basically says it in Matthew 6, verse 33, in the Sermon on the Mount. He makes a statement. He says, he calls all of his followers to first seek his kingdom and his righteousness. And he says all of these things, all of these wonderful things that he's just been describing of what it would mean to have and enjoy an abundant life in a relationship with Jesus. All of those things will be given to you. You will enjoy it all. So there's a call to seek Him first, to have the discipline of putting Him first in our time, putting Him first in our treasures, putting Him first in our relationships with other people, putting His people first in our life, in our worshiping Him. There is this discipline and this call. However, if you could just look at that, you might be overwhelmed by behavior modification. And here's the key. 
Here's the key that drives us putting God first. I love the way John puts it in 1 John verse 4, 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. He says the following. He says, <clears throat> We love because He first loved us. You know, my relationship with my wife, I put down disciplines because I love her. I want to show her that she's valuable to me. I want to grow our relationship. The priority and the intimacy and the intentionality of our relationship is important to me. Therefore, I put disciplines in place to grow this relationship. And it's the same in my journey with Jesus. However, the Bible says the thing that sparks that kind of devotion is a clear understanding and view of the love that God has for you and for me. If you don't see that love, you're going to stray towards the dangers of discipline. You're going to try and find life in your spiritual disciplines because you haven't found life himself. Jesus Christ that gave up his life so that you can have life and have it to the full. I want to ask you, Right there where you are today, have you met life himself? And if not, maybe the Holy Spirit has been tugging on your heart today and has been inviting you to enter into a life-giving relationship with Jesus. And I want to encourage you. I want to pray with you to acknowledge, to say, Jesus, the Bible tells us so clearly, it says, confess with your mouth that He is the Lord of your life and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead and you are saved. You can enjoy this abundant life. So I want to pray with you as we end off. But just before that, maybe you have already journeyed with Jesus and you've uh, tasted and seen this amazing abundant life that we have with Him. And I want to challenge you with a 30-day challenge. I know we all have, and there's so many going around, but I really want to still throw that one out there. And I want to challenge you with this. I want to challenge you to put Him first in your time. Give Him the first minutes of your day, over the next 30 days. And cultivate a life-giving habit. Secondly, put Him first in your hands. Give Him the first portion of your salary. Put down a percentage, a step of faith. So Jesus, 10% putting you first in that area so that the grip of money will no longer have a role and direction and control over my heart. And then thirdly, give Him the first day of your week. Stay connected to His family. Worship together with other believers wherever you are allowed and can do it in a safe manner in this time. Stay connected to the body. Let's pray. Father, Thank you so much that our spiritual disciplines is not a religious activity, but it's a relational opportunity to dive in deeper, to grow in our, to truly enjoy our relationship that we have with you. And Dad, today I want to pray with people that may have never tasted and seen the goodness of Jesus. They've never met life Himself. 
And Father, I want to come and pray. Holy Spirit, as you've maybe unveiled their hearts to the truth and today they realize that I've maybe been running after a religious practice. I've been searching the scriptures diligently, but I have missed life himself, Jesus Christ. And I want to embrace that life. I want to invite you to today. Just to, to confess with your mouth, to say, Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. I confess that I will no longer rule in my own way. You have control over my life. You are my Lord. And I believe that God raised you from the dead and that your death canceled all of my sin and your resurrection clothed me with righteousness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.